Um, well, I had a great message prepared for this morning, uh, and we are, are a little short on time, and I do want to share um, some of the highlights of this message. So if you want to open your bulletin, there's a spot in there for notes, uh, or hey, pull out your phone, go to the Bible app, search for River Rock Bible Church under events, and you can pull up the full bulletin in there, including a connection card and a way for us to pray for you. Um, but we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and this is actually going to be our theme for the whole year. And our theme for the year is share life. We want to talk about sharing life. And our theme actually comes from verse 8 in chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, where Paul says, We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel uh, of God, but our own lives because you had become so dear to us. And so this morning, as I said, I, I had this great long message planned, and uh, we just are running short on time, so we're not going to be able to get through everything. And I, I recently got to attend a service where the pastor said this. He says, I'm not going to hold you long, but I'm going to hold you long enough, all right? So I promise you'll be home for what time's kickoff today. Um, Texans don't play till tomorrow, but uh, so we'll definitely be out by then. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to work our way through this. So the story of the church of Thessalonica can actually be found in Acts chapter 16 and 17. And it really begins back in chapter 13 where the church at Antioch sends out Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. And they send them out and Paul and Barnabas understand that their role as missionaries is to go to an area to make disciples and gather them as a local church and then equip them to carry out the mission of making disciples in that area while they move on and go to another city and start making disciples, gathering them as a church and then sending them out. It was a church planting mission. From the very beginning. It was a disciple-making mission from the very beginning. And so they go on this first missionary journey. They come back, and then after some time, they decide it's time for them to go out again. But this time, Paul takes with him Silas, Luke, and Timothy. And he goes, and he's on this missionary journey again. And they get to this city named Philippi. And in Philippi, they run into a little bit of trouble. They get arrested. They're treated pretty harshly, and they kind of get kicked out, shown the way out of the city, and they end up in a little town 100 miles away called Thessalonica. And I just want to read, uh, I want to read verses 1 through 12 about what Paul says about their time there in, in Thessalonica. He says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our visit was not without result. On the contrary, we had previously suffered and we were treated outrageous, outrageously in Philippi. As you know, we were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel of God to you in spite of great opposition. For our exhortation did not come from error or impurity or an intent to deceive. Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please men, but rather God who examines our hearts. For we never use flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives. God is our witness. And we did not seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have been a burden to you as Christ's apostles, instead we were gentle among you, a nurse, as a nursing mother nurtures her own children. We cared so much, so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you'd become so dear to us. For you remember our labor and hardship, brothers, working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We preached God's gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how devoutly, righteously, and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers. As you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So there's, a, there's three things that I want us to see 
This year, as we talk about the theme of sharing life, there's three major areas that we're going to be talking about as a church family. And the very first one is that if we're going to share life with others, we must first have a life to share. And we know that that life comes from having a living, breathing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It has to start there. We have to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to have that deep intimacy. We see this very clearly in in verse 7 when Paul says he describes himself as a nursing mother. And I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of watching a, a young mom, a new mom with her baby, or to be around a nursing mom. But here's one thing that I can tell you from watching my wife that I know. I know that those babies ate everything that she ate. She passed on to them everything that she took in. She made sacrifices to get up early in the morning, to stay up late at night, to take, take care of herself so that as she was feeding her children, she was feeding them good things. And the reality is, is as followers of Jesus Christ, that if we are not feeding ourselves, if we are not growing in our intimacy with Jesus Christ, if we're not putting the right things inside of our walk with the Lord, what are we going to have to pass on to anyone else? So that's our first challenge this year, is that if we're going to share life with other people, that we would have an actual life to share. And I want to encourage you, we're doing things a little bit differently with our reading plan this year. It's all going to be online through the Bible app. The first one that we're doing is a 90-day reading plan um, called Appointed to Bear Fruit. And I just want to encourage you, whether you join with the River Rock group and follow along with that or do it on your own, I want to encourage you to start by being in the Word every single day, spending time in God's Word, and spending time in prayer, and growing in your relationship with him. That's where we start. We start by having a life to share. And I love how Paul talks about how he, he lived among them. Verse, verse 6 of chap, chapter 1, Paul says this, um, 5 and 6. He says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with much assurance. You know what kind of men we were among you for your benefit. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Now think about that. Who did they imitate first? Paul says you became imitators of who? Us and who did they imitate first? Parents, you know this. You know your kids imitate you before they actually do what you're going to say. We actually had an experience in in our family recently where a family member was over and was kind of teasing my wife, and then one of the kids picked up on it and started teasing my wife. And my wife said, you don't get to do that. You're my kid. You treat me with respect. And the family member said, yeah, do as I do, not as I say. Right? We don't go for that. We want to be doing the right things, saying the right things, setting the right example, because we know that people are going to follow us before they follow what we say. Right? They're going to follow our example. So we need to start by having life to share. The second thing that I want us to see is that we need to be sharing life with the lost. Sharing life with the lost. Verse 8, Paul says this, We cared so much for you, we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives because you had become so dear to us. Going back to chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says that we lived among you. We lived among you. He doesn't say we stood on a street corner and preached at you. He says we lived among you. Now, here's what I love about this. In Thessalonica, Paul had a full-time job. He was a tent maker. He was in the marketplace. He was working. He was just like you. 
He was just like Jared and Devin, who are holding down jobs as a PA and as a nurse and are feeling the call to ministry. And Paul would go to work all day long, and he would work and work and work. And as he worked alongside these other people, typically what would happen is they would gather kind of in guilds. And so he was getting to know other leather workers, other craftsmen, and he was loving on them. They were working together. They were eating together. He was sharing his life with them. And what happens is that they start seeing the difference in his own life, the change that God has brought in his life and how his life is different from their life. And so as he speaks the gospel to them, they say, you know what, that makes sense. Paul says, he says it came with power. How powerful was Paul's testimony as he lived out a devout, righteous, and blameless life in front of those Thessalonians? So it came with power. It came with the Holy Spirit. And he says it came with assurance. The assurance was this, that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and you follow him as Lord, you can experience what I'm experiencing. But in order for them to see that, it wasn't just that Paul closed himself off and only gathered with believers. He was doing life with those who had yet to put their trust in Jesus Christ. So that's our challenge. What does it look like? And I've heard this from many people before when we've done series on sharing your faith. People say, well, I don't want to just go out and get to know my neighbor and then have them say, well, the only reason you're getting to know me is so that you can share the gospel with me. And I know sometimes we feel that way. But what do we see from Paul? He says that we loved you so much. We cared for you so much. You were so dear to us that we opened our lives to you. And as we opened our lives to you, we also loved you enough to share the gospel with you. Last week, Amy Castillo shared up here about how it was out of her love for other people that she started inviting them to River Rock and telling them about Jesus because she loved them and she wanted what she knew was good for them. And what I love about Paul's example is I guarantee that as he spoke the gospel to them, those people that Paul had worked alongside, he'd had them in his home sharing meals with them. They knew that Paul loved him. They knew that Paul cared. And so they knew that when he shared the gospel, it wasn't that he was just trying to put another notch on his Bible, but that it was out of a genuine love for them, a desire to see them follow Jesus Christ. And the last thing I want us to see is this. Number one, we have to have life to share. Number two, we need to be sharing that life with the lost. And number three, we need to be sharing life with other believers. We need to be sharing life with other believers. I, I want to, some of you who've been at River Rock, you guys know this. Um, just bear with me for a little bit. Let's do this, okay? Anytime I say something that's not in Scripture or I read the Scripture wrong, what do we say as a church? Heresy, Heresy all right? So help me out here. All right. For you yourselves, brother, brothers, know uh, that my visit with you was not without result. On the contrary, after I had previously suffered and I was treated outrageously, you know that that I was emboldened by God. All right, so the words there are not I, but we. Remember, Paul came not by himself. He came with Silas, he came with Timothy, and he came with Luke. It wasn't one individual trying to reach the, the people of Thessalonica. It wasn't just Paul reaching the people that were around him where he lives, works, and plays. It was a group of believers who had come and said, you know what, we're going to carry this mission forward. We're going to live in community together, and as they see that community, we're going to invite lost people into that community, and we're going to love them. And as they hear us talk about our faith, as they see us live out our faith, we're going to see men, women, and children putting their trust in Jesus Christ. We're going to disciple them. We're going to teach them what it looks like to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we're going to teach them how they can pass that on to other people. 
2 Timothy 2.2, Paul says to Timothy, he says, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be able to teach others. We've got to be sharing our life together. It's not that we, and, and I'll say this, in terms of order, the only one of those that has to come in order is number one, that you have to have a life to share. Paul talks about in verse 11 and 12, he says that we were like a father among you. Again, we get this idea of how deeply he cared for them. It was a parental affection that he cared for them. And so his desire was to see them grow. And he, he talks about all the ways that they lived among them. He says that we encouraged you. Encouraged means that he was trying to cheer them up, saying, hey, look, when you mess up, when, when you get it wrong, we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you. We want you to, hey, let's be positive in the areas where you're growing. Way to go. Man, you had a quiet time for the first time in a while. Way to go. And then he goes on and he says, we comforted you. It means to cheer up and to inspire correct behavior. And then the last thing he says, that we implored you. He was earnestly urging them, come on, guys. We've got to be following the Lord. Let's do this together. We've got to be reaching those around us. Let's do this together. And we see that affection that Paul has in, in them. And then I love this last part. He says that in verse 12, he says, We encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom in glory. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about a kingdom, I think it's filled with more than just one person. A kingdom is a people. So Paul is saying that as a people, we've got to be walking together worthy of the glory of God, reaching the other people, reaching those who've yet to put their trust in Jesus Christ. And so as a church family this year, as we talk about sharing life, our memory verse this week is 1 Thessalonians 2.8. And I want to encourage us to commit that verse to memory, not just this week, but for this year, to think about what does it look like to share life. Number one, I have to have life to share. If you need help growing in your personal walk, we want to help you do that. If you're part of a small group and you don't know what it looks like to grow in your faith, get with your small group shepherd and ask them to help you learn that. Number two, we want to be sharing life with the lost, and there's a number of opportunities. Coming up this spring, around Easter, there's going to be a citywide campaign across the greater Austin area. Over 300 churches are going to come together, and we're going to be doing a series called What's Next? And it's based on the book called Imagine Heaven. And we're going to be inviting people in to have a conversation with us about what happens after you die. And a lot of it is going to be based on real-life experiences of people who've had near-death experiences and what they've said as they come back, people from all over the world, from different cultures, who come back and they describe things that, that line up with what Scripture says about what we can expect when we die. And so we're going to have that opportunity coming up in the spring. But here's the reality, is if you wait until Easter, if you wait until spring to go to your friends, neighbors, and coworkers who don't know Jesus and say, hey, come to this group, they're going to look at you like you've got three heads because you don't really have the relationship with them. And so we want to prepare you and equip you so that when you invite them into this conversation about what happens when we die, which is going to be a great segue into the gospel, that you would have enough relationship with them that they would say, you know what? This person cares about me. They love me. In fact, I know that I've been, become so dear to them. I've watched their example. Yeah, I'll go be a part of that group. And so next week, we're going to be starting a series called Bless. And we're going to teach you how you can be a blessing to other people in their lives. It's a very simple strategy of how you can bless the people around you. And it's something we're going to be talking about all year long as we try to, to 
understand that we were blessed to be a blessing to other people and that we can share our faith in simple ways, just like we're talking about. It's not going out, knocking on doors, and you know, passing out gospel tracts and all that stuff, standing on street corners. It's being in relationship with other people. And we're going to do that together so that we can invite people into our lives and into relationship. Church family, I'm excited about where we're going this next year. I'm excited that I get to share life with every single one of you. I'm excited that we get to go into our community and give every man, woman, and child the opportunity to see, hear, and respond to the life-changing reality of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited that we get to grow in our individual walk with the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we ask that you would be with us as a church family as we move forward. Lord, we pray, um, God, that, that you would help us to grow in our personal walk with you, and that out of that relationship, our hearts would overflow pouring into others. God, we are reminded that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we pray is that as we grow in our love for you, that our hearts would be aligned with yours. And we know that you love people because you proved it by sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, would, would our love for you pour over into love for others, both those who have yet to put their trust in Jesus Christ and those who have already trusted Christ, that we could come together, encourage one another, and be in ministry with one another to reach those who have yet to trust Jesus as their Savior. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. As our ushers prepare for the offering this morning, if you have any questions, uh, you got to see all of our current elders up here on stage, Jeff Brown, JT Liner, and I believe Scott, he might be out in the parking lot. He's on security team this morning. So make sure you find one of them or you can find me. We're happy to answer any questions that you have uh, and, and talk about those. So as the ushers are passing the offering, offering plates, I want to encourage you, if you have a connection card, go ahead and drop that in the offering plate. Let us know that you are with us. Or if you're on the app, this is our first time, so we're hoping this works well. We tried to test everything, uh, but you can actually fill that out right there in the Bible app. You can fill out your connection card, including your next steps. And at the bottom, there's also a place for us to pray for you. And then again, in the app, if you want to give online, you can actually give right now. You can worship through giving right now. Uh, and so if you're a visitor with us, we hope you don't feel compelled to give at all. We just want this uh, service as different as it was from our normal service. We hope it was a blessing to you. And uh, we are just so grateful for all that God is doing uh, in and through this church. And so let me just pray. I know the plates are going around, but I want to pray for our offering that God would bless it and he would continue to bless this church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you would use the offerings and tithes that are given here today, that are given online, Lord, that, that they would be used to expand the influence of your kingdom, that more men, women, and children would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and choose to follow him as Lord, that we would have the opportunity to walk alongside of them as they grow in their faith, that we could be a mother, that we could be a father, that we could love and nurture them and see them walk worthy of the calling of God and that we could send them out to walk along others as they do the same. Lord, we pray that that would happen not only here in Georgetown, but to the ends of the earth. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.